0: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned
1: in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and uh, our good friend Luke Johnson. Of course, we're all in the Southern Bank Court Studios in Hattiesburg and Laura. We're glad you're with us. It's opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. And we appreciate all that Dickey's does to... uh, Make it easy to uh, cater your next event, whether it be large or small. Dickies has a plan for you, and they do a fantastic job with catering. All right, guys, uh, we are three weeks from this Saturday, three weeks from Saturday, opening day. College football seems hard to believe,
1: Kelly. It does, but uh, you know, and the high schools and JUCOs are going to be going sooner than that. So we're going to get our toes, you know, in the water one at a time here. But as far as Southern Miss goes, and you know, normally, Bob, when you open the season, it, it's a team that you know maybe is a Division two school or perhaps you know a. a Division one school that's much smaller that a lot of people haven't heard of, but boy, you got to credit Southern Miss when they made this schedule. They, the old adage, anywhere, any place, any time, or whatever it was. This this Liberty team coming in here, I mean, they're gonna, they're going to have some some athletes. This is not going to be your typical opening day game.
2: No, it's not. Then Miami or, or Luke Johnson. Let's get you involved you here. A good friend asked me last night. Al Holder, friend of everybody's here. Can we go two and two in September? And I responded, I think that would be. That would be pretty positive. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I, I think two and two is reasonable. Um, there's a chance. I I think there's a real chance that we can win the first game, and so then it becomes uh, a question of whether or not you beat Tulane, and I, I, I tend to like our chances in Liberty and Tulane for the simple reason um, that we've got the inside track on both of those teams. Of course, our head coach uh, was the offensive coordinator for Tulane just two years ago, and our offensive coordinator now was uh, was a key part of the Liberty offensive staff for the last few years. So you know, of course, uh, Willie Fritz and and Hugh Freeze will make changes, obviously. But at the same time, when you work, you know, with guys on staff, you tend to know some tendencies. And I mean, you guys can speak to this before we, you know walk through the schedule game by game in this first segment. But I mean, I, I think there's something to that.
1: All right, let's break down Liberty. That's the opening game. Well, the the first thing you can say about Liberty as we take a deep sigh of relief, is Malik Willis is not at quarterback. All right, because Liberty with Malik Willis and Liberty without Malik Willis, we haven't seen Liberty without Malik Willis, but you don't even have to to, to go any further by saying without him, this is going to be a completely... You know, new look team experienced, you know, in many areas, but it's still not Malik Willis. So you can put that check in the Southern Miss college. He was a great college. He sure player. was. He sure was. I don't know if he'll translate in the NFL, but in college and what Hugh Freeze does, he was a perfect fit for them. Right. All right, so you don't have him, but
2: you got to believe as many games as they've won over the last couple of years. It wasn't all Malik Willis. He was obviously the leader of the team, but they're going to bring a talented football team here.
1: And you still have a, a, a relatively inexperienced and Ty Keys. I mean, he didn't he didn't get a whole lot of snaps last year before you know, before he got hurt. So all season long all off season long people have talked about it's all this the success of this southern miss team is going to ride on how productive the offense is and will hall has not has not painted it any other way he said we were pathetic last year so if the offense even in running more plays and staying on the field longer, which will keep the defense more rested if they can just get that accomplished, their percentage of winning ball games is going to go and, up significantly
0: and early on and and you 're thankful that you 've got four non conference games to start the season because of a young quarterback. Will Hall is not going to put tie keys into like life or death situations unless the game calls for it, which means your running game, which means your offensive line has to carry the weight. It's gonna be on Frank Gore Jr. and Richard and Janari Dean to be able to, you know, be able for the play calling to put, you know, tie keys and and they're gonna take some chances. I, I I'm not saying they won't, but I think in the early especially four games of the season, guys, it's gonna be the defense that's gonna to have to carry this team as the offense uh, you know catches up with experience
2: is it is it fair to say that because of the lack of time he had last year due to an injury in a sense you're kind of starting a freshman quarterback again
0: yeah i mean technically you're starting a a redshirt freshman quarterback but yeah i mean experience wise and you know the thing about Key is he's raw in a lot of ways um but at the same time this is the first time in his life that he's dedicated his entire mind and body to the game of football and i think you will see him you know progress so uh I really think that there's a good chance, and I'm just going to say this, I think the Eagles will win game one.
1: I, I, I would feel a lot better if they were playing East Chippensburg State. <laughs> I
0: don't
2: know. They got they run the ball well. Shippensburg's well, pretty damn tough. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I would
1: f- <laughs> feel, it's I, a tough opener. Yeah. because I don't it think is. the game was even close last year
3: against Liberty.
1: No. It, and, and the thing is, too, is this is a chance for Southern Miss fans who the big lament over all the years is, well, I'm not going to game and not playing people we don't know and all these old directional schools. Right. Right. Well, here you go. Liberty's a big-time program with a big-time coach with southern miss ties there's a lot of subtext here in this game this this is a great opener a great opener to get out to
0: and i mean for the golden eagles though um all is not lost if you if you drop it i I think that's what southern miss fans need to understand i mean i mean two two years ago when we went up there i mean tate Whiteley ran ran four touchdowns we were down We were down 35-7 at the half and, and you look up and it's, you know, 35-28 in, in like the mid-third quarter. I mean, so as dysfunctional as that team was, uh, because of, you know, the leadership rotating chairs, I, I feel, I still feel like we have a good chance. All right. Let's do this real quick. Just we, we maybe can do this in before the season starts again, but let's just get a, a, a lie of the land real quick. Just give me a win or loss. Let's just see what you're looking at. I know Kelly has the Vegas odds. Bob, give me a win or loss against Liberty, and Kelly, you follow. I'm going to be optimistic and say we win a close game
1: against Liberty. I would like to see that happen, but I I will take the Flames.
0: All right. Game two, Miami, I'm going to say uh, we drop that one. Uh, I don't
2: think we have much of a chance there. Agreed.
0: Northwestern State, I'm going to say we win.
2: Just the opposite, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We should not lose games like that. Correct.
0: At Tulane, I'm going to say win. I'm going
2: to say when because I don't Tulane did not show me much last year and it does appear that the loss of Will Hall hurt
1: Tulane. But it wasn't just Will Hall. I mean, the, a, a huge overhaul of the entire offensive staff. At, right. uh, at, I like our chances against Tulane. I, I do too. I'm, I'm not as optimistic about our fan base and how they're going to recover after a trip to New, mm-hmm. <laughs> to New Orleans. So well, that would make me what three? Am I
2: really
0: saying you're we're going three to go and three one? And Kelly is two, two, and two and two, Luke's three and one. Got a week off, and then you start Sunbelt play October eighth at Troy. I'm gonna say we drop that one.
1: I say we lose on the road to Troy. Now see, I'm not. I think we're gonna beat Troy over there.
0: I hope you're right. October fifteenth, Arkansas State at home. We'll win that one. I agree. We will beat the former Indian, Jess. October twenty second at Texas State, Eagles will win that one. I hope
2: so, <laughs>
1: Texas State. That no, no, I'm gonna. Doesn't I, ring a bell. I'm right? gonna take the Bobcats on the in San Marcos. All right, Bob. No, nah, I'm gonna say we beat Texas State.
0: All right, Thursday night, October 27th, uh, Louisiana at home. Eagles will play good. We'll drop a close one.
2: Yeah, I think we lose to the
0: Cajuns.
1: Boy, I just know it's going to be one heck of a good time. <laughs> National TV on a Thursday night. Um, man. I'm going to take the Eagles in a in a in an upset in that game, just because it's a it's a prime time game. The enthusiasm of the town, the guys will be really really pumped. I, I I hear what you guys are saying. The numbers say the Cajuns, but I'm going to take Southern Miss.
0: Entering November, Georgia State the next week at home. Uh, I just hope it's not the Georgia State team that, that uh, looked like they did last year. I'm going to say Eagles will win that one in a close one. I'm
1: going to say we lose that. Georgia State was pretty gum tough. Me too. I, I think Georgia State's better at this point.
0: At Coastal Carolina, Eagles will drop that one. Uh, a loss. Agreed. South Alabama at home. We're going to pull it off. Baseball got the monkey off our back. What you got, Bob?
1: Yeah, I like us to beat South Alabama. I do. And I don't want us to just beat South Alabama. I want us to pummel them uh, to a point of, of near unrecognition. I want us to clut to just a wallop South Al.
0: And hey, that music is is early, so we still have plenty of time. So, just heads up. All right, uh, at Monroe to end the season. Eagles win. Yes, they beat Monroe. They beat Monroe. Yep. Now, this is what... So I did this a couple weeks ago, and I had us at seven wins. I don't know what I've done. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Luke Johnson has the Eagles at eight and four. Hmm. All right. Bob has them at seven and five. One, two, three, four, five, six, And Kelly has them at seven and five. I am more prone to be like uh, to like you guys. Um. So I don't know why. I mean, if they go eight and four, or will you all buy me at... Uh, yes lunch at, at Robert St John's restaurant
1: yes and Vegas has the over under at five and a half so we're all saying at that point if that turns out to be the right take the over yeah right.
0: Bob we still we still got a minute left by the way the clock's off so uh Scott Walk, Scott Watkins from Sun Herald um, is going to join us uh right after uh this upcoming commercial break and uh, we're going to get a sun Belt preview all right we'll be right back more Eagle hour on the other side of the break You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: On a Tuesday, Eagle Hour from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Santer. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. Located in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Just across Hardy Street from the University of Southern Mississippi. Football season's upon us. Soccer season's already started. Go get your Golden Eagle swag at Campus Bookmark or anytime, campusbookmark.net. All right, Kelly, I still am trying to figure out how I got us to, to eight wins. But eight wins sounds good, doesn't
1: it? It does sound good, but lots of times we've been guilty, and, and me as as well have been guilty of, of speaking with our hearts rather than our minds, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes. Yeah. And, and the guys in Vegas do a pretty good job of making a living at getting those numbers right, and they have yeah. the Eagles on the over-under at five and a half. So they're thinking maybe either six wins or five wins.
0: I think it was Georgia State. I think that's probably where I went all right. Anyway, joining us uh, today on the phone, Scott Watkins from the Sun-Herald. And, Scott, we, we apologize, man. We should have had you on the show way before, but uh, you took over the illustrious Patrick McGee spot at the Sun-Herald been covering Southern Miss. And, man, thanks for jumping on the Eagle Hour with us today.
4: Uh, thank you guys for having me.
0: Let's talk Sunbelt. I, I think you're, a, you're you were a Troy Trojan. Is that correct? You graduated from Troy University?
4: That, that is correct.
0: So you know a little about the Sun Belt, I guess a whole lot about the Sun Belt, and you know covering the Southern Miss team as they come into the Sun Belt. What's kind of been you know you've seen both sides of it, uh, Southern Miss coming in now, and but what could you tell our listeners you know from the inside of of what Sun Belt football is as as we go into this season? Uh,
4: well, it fits. It fits very well. What I see a Southern Miss, it, it fits. Uh... If it it's you know, a lot of the a lot of the other programs in the league, it's it's not just from, you know, the talent perspective but from facilities, from timing, uh, all of that, it just makes sense. Uh with Southern Miss they're uh, they're in almost the exact same situation as almost every other football team in the Sunbelt West and that's they're in some phase of a rebuild. And they've got their they've got the, the facilities to compete with everybody else as well. So it's it's a really fun situation because it's not like Conference USA where there's so many different variables from from one team to another. Southern Miss is so much like you know Troy and, and South Alabama, Louisiana, and, and Arkansas State. It just it works really well, and um, it's for me personally taking this job. It's made that transition so smooth.
1: Bob,
2: well, is it true that there's a monument of some sort at the Sun Herald for Patrick? He's been telling us there is, or, or soon to be, Scott.
4: Uh you know I'll, I'll look for it. I'll start looking for it because uh, if 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 they got it they they ain't got it around where I'm at.
2: Well, I want to ask you this about the Sun Herald because uh when when in the time Patrick was there, it it really began to it, it evolved to a point that really Southern Miss fans around the state depended on the Sun Herald for all the reporting about Southern Miss Athletics because the Hattiesburg American was zeroed out. We don't know what happened to them. The Clarion Ledgers, all in love with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But the Sun-Herald never really stopped reporting on Southern Miss. So when you came there, did uh, did the leadership there tell you there was a continuing commitment to cover Southern Miss athletics?
4: Well, yes, yes. That was a big part of the job. uh, And that's what was pitched to me is that um, the Sun-Herald was the – the spot for Southern Miss coverage, and uh, I was really excited about that because that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come down here and cover Southern Miss. And that's what we'll keep doing. Uh, we'll we'll do it this year. We'll we'll do it next year. We'll just keep on doing. It. I mean, uh, as everybody else kind of goes in and out, I know it's a tough time right now for the industry, but Southern Miss is our thing, and we'll just keep covering them.
1: Well, and in in all fairness, you know, you guys, Bob, you were saying something about the Hattiesburg American. I found the Hattiesburg American to be really good when it comes to like wrapping fish. <laughs> and Things like that, so <laughs> pretty, so it certainly has its you know. Handy. But Scott, I want to ask you: Was it part of like a prison work release program or something that you had to go to Troy, or what, why would you why would you want to go to Troy?
4: <laughs> uh, well, I'm from Lower Alabama. The, the nearest school was South Alabama, and I did not want to go to South Alabama. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Amen. I had the scholarship Amen. to go to Troy, so I went to Troy.
1: There you go. Don't let it bother you. That's a fine school to go to. Yeah, and really, when you when you look at particular team scott in the sunbelt conference a program that has risen probably quicker than a majority of the other schools has been troy in the past five or ten years ten years ago you hardly ever heard about troy so what what do you um what do you prescribe was the reason that troy has emerged uh, as a phoenix out of the ashes or whatever you want to call it in the past 10 years or so
4: yeah neil brown that's, that's the entire reason right there. Uh, there was a, a dead period from about 2010 to, uh, 2014 where legendary head coach Larry Blakeney probably overstayed. Uh, it, I think Troy actually won about five, maybe five consecutive Sunbelt titles in the 2000s. And then the Blakeney tenure just kind of, just kind of ran a little long and everything just kind of died. And you didn't hear about Troy. Troy was pretty much not on planet Earth anymore for about four years there. And uh, then Neil Brown came around, and all of a sudden they won about 31 games in three years, I think. And uh, now it's up to John Summerall to get it back there because Chip Chip Lindsey kind of tanked that. Uh, They they won 15 games in three years, quite the difference from the Neil Brown era. But uh, that is what happened. Neil Brown kind of revived what uh, Larry Blakeney started back in the 2000s.
2: And, Scott, there's no team in the Sun Belt that has more ties in a lot of ways to Southern Miss, that Troy, we've basically swapped athletic directors, and there just seems to be a lot of commonality between the two universities.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I remember being a student at Troy and kind of watching a couple Southern Miss games. I I actually did not watch the game that Troy played at Southern Miss in 2016 because I'm pretty sure that was broadcast live on LinkedIn. But I was at the game in 2019 in Troy when uh, Southern Miss won. It was pretty fun. So, but, yeah, uh, it was great to uh, sw- swatch, swap over down here and be able to work with Jeremy, who I worked with at Troy.
0: Is Jack Abraham threw for, like, 900 yards. Sorry, Kelly, I said his name on there. I apologize for that. <laughs> but, like, Quez Watkins went off, too. So, so looking, Scott, at the um, at the Sun Belt this year, I mean, we, we've we been doing a little preview. Jay Walker from Louisiana is coming on next segment. Um, we, we're thinking Louisiana, the team to beat in, in the West, and then it's App State and Coastal. Um, Who's maybe a sleeper team in in either division for you?
4: Well, the West, the gap is a lot smaller than it used to be. When I did my game-by-game predictions, I had Louisiana, Troy, and Southern, or South Alabama, all five and three. Uh, So it's going to be close. Um, I think five different teams out of the West could win the West, and Southern Miss is one of those. In the East, Georgia State and Old Dominion. Both of those teams will be very good. Uh, the biggest issue both of them have is that they have to play the schedules that they have. It is ridiculous in the East, but those two teams are going to be a lot better than people think.
2: Hmm. So you think Southern Miss has a shot at the West? What about oh, yeah. what about For sure? What about Louisiana? They're pretty good, right?
4: Uh, I have not seen a team lose as much production and coaching as they did and come back. Uh, At the same level. Uh, They lost four starters on the offensive line. They lost the best quarterback in school history, lost their top two wide receivers, lost two out of three running backs, and lost about half their defense. It's going to be a challenge to get back to where they were in year one under their new head coach.
1: And isn't it amazing how head coaches who go on to these bigger and greener pastures always seem to leave when the cupboards are going to be empty at the school where they stayed? Yeah. So you you see Louisiana as
2: being weighed down, but do you still think Louisiana would be the favorite in the West?
4: I think so, but I think largely it's due to they've got to prove uh, that they are I don't know, somebody has to prove that, you know, they're they're not the best, basically, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I can't you know, you can't say Louisiana's gonna win five games because it lost a lot of production. There's a ton of depth there. All all the players that Billy Nature staff recruited is still there. They just don't have any experience anymore, so that's that's the big thing. I think Louisiana's got to prove uh, that they're going to be the best team in the West. But as of right now, I think it's kind of a, a three-team race with you know two dark mm-hmm. horses involved.
2: Well, who do you like between Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State in the East?
4: App State. Uh, I think Coastal's in the same situation as Louisiana, except they still have their quarterback. Uh, but Coastal lost the the uh, the star wide receiver, the NFL tight end. Lost their running back, a couple offensive linemen. Uh, they lost their three top, their top three tacklers. I think they're they two inside linebackers. They lose a lot. They lose a lot, just like uh, Louisiana does. But they retain their quarterback and they have retained their coaching staff, which is a big one. Uh, but again, it's the uh, the schedule for Coastal that I think is going to bump them back a little bit. But App State is the standard bearer right now, and they'll they'll be right back on top of the league.
2: Well, Scott, you know way too much not to come back on this show again. Can we uh can we start calling on you on a pretty regular basis? Uh we you've really got some some great insight into the league.
4: Yeah, I, I, have, I have no problem with that. I have to thank you guys for calling me today.
2: Oh, well, look, we'll be back in touch with you soon, man, and we really
1: appreciate it. And Scott, your time. From, from now on, by the way, it's crap state on this program. All right. You... <laughs> okay.
2: yeah, you'll have to learn to deal with him, Scott, if you're agreeable <laughs> to come back on the show. But uh, today's okay. kind of a normal day, just to give you a heads up. All right, right. buddy, we appreciate you very much. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, Eagle Hour will continue right after this. Stay with us. Oh, yeah, Jay Walker. From ULL, next on the
1: Eagle Eye. Well, let's not give him a ticket for jaywalking.
0: Top. To the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: All right, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the program is sponsored by 4th Street Bar & Grill. Great place to have lunch, as you very, very well know. Five days a week, it's just $9.95. The big game is always on the TV. There's always some kind of activities at 4th Street Bar & Grill. We know you will enjoy Southern Bank Course Studios. Uh, that's where we're broadcasting from in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. And also to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it 365 on Apple Podcast, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the major platforms. You can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right. It's uh, three weeks from football season. We're going to do our first uh, Sunbelt football preview. A guy that we like having on our show a great deal, Jay Walker, who is the voice of the Raging Cajuns, University of Louisiana. And Jay, thanks for this quick return to the Eagle Hour. We're grateful to you.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm always willing to come out and talk about the Cajuns.
2: All right, well, I do have this question for you. Uh, We were talking to a sports writer for the Sun-Herald in the previous segment, and and he was indicating to us that – that he thought Louisiana had lost so much in coaching and players that it would be a struggle uh, for them uh, some this year. But yet the Cajuns are picked as the uh, as the team to beat in the West. From your perspective, how different will this Louisiana Raging Cajun team be?
3: Well, you know I think every team is different, um, and and this team certainly will be. You're going to have a new quarterback uh, this year. Um, you're, you've got some uh, untested depth at the running back position and on the offensive line. And you've got a little bit of untested depth uh, at the linebacker spot. Although, you know, I think the first 22 guys the Cajuns are going to put out there will be pretty good, you know, but, but I think that there are a couple of areas where, where depth is a question mark. Um, you know, they did lose a lot of coaches. You know, you lost six guys to the portal that are playing at P5 schools this year. You lost uh, a a guy who went in the fourth round uh, of the NFL draft to the New York Jets, another guy who went in the fourth round to to the Washington football team. So, you know, there are definitely some losses. Uh, You also lost the quarterback that's put up uh, the the best numbers in Cajun football history of anybody not named Jake DeLome. So, you know, uh, there are some losses. And at the same time, if you look at the Sun Belt West, The Cajuns were the only team that had a winning record. They had a spot in the, um, in the championship game clinched by Halloween. Um, The the West just wasn't very good last year. And you had, uh, you know, South Alabama won five games. ULM won four, Texas state won four, Arkansas state won two. And now we're going to bring in Southern Miss who last year won three. So, are the Cajuns going to go 13 and one probably not but if somebody's going to unseat them either the Cajuns are going to be a lot worse or somebody else is going to be a lot better right, Luke
0: Jay thanks uh, so much for coming back on too tell us about um you know your your new head coach is is a guy who's been around he was the only guy retained when Billy Napier came in and and has a lot of confidence and I think that that speaks to how culture can continue even though you know you lost your head coach well
3: Michael Desermo um, is from what we call here the Berry, which is New Iberia, Louisiana, 20 miles south. Um, Was a student athlete with us from uh, 2005 to 2008. Was the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year in 2008. Uh, He was a quarterback, but he was an option quarterback that ran for over 1,000 yards two years in a row. Pound for pound might be the toughest SOB I've ever been around as a football player because he was just one tough dude. And, um, you know, he, he finished up here, became a high school football coach. Mark Hudspeth uh, brought him in. Uh, he spent uh, a couple of years with Hud, and Billy Napier retained him and uh, kind of took him under his wing. And when Billy got the job at Florida, he went to Dr. Brian Maggard, the athletic director. He said, you hire who you want, but I'm just telling you, Dez is ready. And um, so Brian Maggard uh, wound up hiring him um i i i think it it was an incredibly popular hire with the players uh and um you know mike is mike's an intelligent dude and you know it never hurts to have an alumnus coaching on your football team whether it's as an assistant or as a head coach because those people take it personally you know the sec says it just means more look if you're a graduate of the university that you're coaching at Trust me, it just means more. And um, I think you need a couple of guys like that. And the Cajuns do have a couple of guys like that uh, on staff. But Mike is a sharp guy. I've, I've known him since he was 18 years old. That's half his life. And uh, I think he's going to be fine here. Uh,
0: another raging Cajun uh, is your defensive coordinator, Lamar Morgan. He was at Vanderbilt last year. What, what's kind of going to be his philosophy on defense um, You know, coming in as his first year at D.C.?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question and one that I don't have an answer to yet. Um, Lamar, it's interesting because he, you know, most defensive coordinators, it says defensive coordinators slash linebackers or slash safeties. Lamar Morgan's not coaching a position. He's just the defensive coordinator. Um, I would, they're still going to run a three, four. Uh, but I'm sure that there are going to be some, uh, I'm sure there are going to be some things that are going to change. But, you know, until we see the first scrimmage, I don't know that we're going to know what those things are. You know the good news for Lamar is he's got he's got quite a few starters back defensively. He lost some good talent, but they were very deep on defense a year ago. So the eleven guys they're going to put out there are guys who have played a lot of football for the Cajuns.
1: And, of course, Coach Hudspeth, former Coach Hudspeth, uh, a Southern Miss graduate, if I'm not mistaken. So there were there were some ties back in the day. Nelson Stokely going even further back. Southern Miss and then southwestern Louisiana have had some classic uh, battles over the year. You talked, Jay, about Billy Napier going to Florida. I think people kind of understand bigger, better, a lot more money, et cetera, et cetera. But, but the fan base not maybe so patient with some of the players who left uh who who left Lafayette to follow him to Florida. What, it's an, it's an interesting concept to me as to why in this particular situation people have more patience with coaches than they do players.
3: Well, you know, Chris Smith who's who's the starting running back uh for the Cajuns. He was at Sunbelt media day and they brought it up to him, you know, that they said, "Look, you know, you had you know, a half a dozen guys that left the program. One is at LSU. One's at TCU. I think three of them are at Florida, wherever. And they said, "Did you think about leaving?" And you know, now Chris Smith is from Louisville,
1: Louisville, Mississippi,
3: right? And um, and he said he said, "Look, he said, let me tell you something." He said, Oh Miss in Mississippi State never gave me a sniff. Southern Miss recruited me, but I thought my place was at Louisiana." These people gave me a chance to play college football, and they have taken care of me and they have loved me. Why would I ever want to? Good leave? for
2: him. Good for him.
3: We need more and, kids like that. You know, but you know, we do. We do. And and I get wanting to play big time college football. I understand that. I understand NIL too. But you know, there's something to be said for loyalty and being loyal to those who are loyal to you. And, you know, Chris Smith, you know, he said that, you know, during the big Q&A at media day, and I wanted to just run up to the podium and hug him, you know? Right. um, Because in today's college football where it's, okay, if I go, how much NIL money am I going to get? You know, you got a guy who just uh, last week got his college degree, He's got two years of eligibility left, which means he's got a chance to get a master's. And that's important to him.
1: Went to Nina Wyatt High
2: School. Right. Well, we, we had a similar situation with our ace pitcher here, you know, that everybody thought was going to transfer out. And, and he speaks up after one of the weekend starters did take the money and run, so to speak, uh, and, and indicated that he was a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. And kind of the same story. That kid grew up, uh, Jay. Right on the outskirts of Baton Rouge, and LSU never gave him a sniff. So he came over here, and you know, and and learned everything that he's accomplished today. So I just think the story you told and and the story of Tanner Hall here—I wish we heard more of that in college football and uh, college sports in general. Those
3: stories, those stories are there. Unfortunately, the media is more interested in. The guys who are leaving than they great are the guys point. who are staying. That's a and great that's, point. And that's, and, yeah. and, uh, and that's kind of unfortunate, but just kind of the way it is now because for most, oh, well, how much is he getting in NIL money? I mean, you know, that's kind of what the public wants to hear. They want to hear that more than they want to hear this guy was loyal to his university because that's oh. boring. Jay, uh,
0: Jay, about 30 seconds left. What should Southern Miss fans be most excited about for the, their first Sunbelt football season?
3: I you know I think that um, this is going to be I think a really evenly matched league in a lot of ways. You know I think that I don't think that there's anybody on Southern Miss's schedule in the um, in the league itself that fans are going to look at and say oh gee we got no chance because I just don't think you know I mean look Abstate Coastal Carolina are, are going to be really good I think I think Georgia State's going to be really good think the Cajuns are going to be good again, but I don't think that there is a clear-cut team that's better than everybody else. So the thing that you're going to say is, you're going to feel like you've got a chance to win every time you take the field, and that's a good feeling for fans.
2: Jay, it's always a great pleasure to have you on our show. You're welcome here anytime, my friend, and uh, we're, we're really happy that... We're going to get to talk to you on a regular basis because now we're going to compete in every sport every year. That's a good thing. I
1: yeah, think. And, and we do. We're going to beat your brains out, Jay. But but you're welcome. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. to,
3: <laughs> you, you know what? As long, as long as you're buying breakfast at the big Counter, I'm fine. Okay,
2: <laughs> there, there you go. You're right about that, Jay. <laughs> All right, Jay Walker, everybody, voice of the raging Cajuns. Look forward to that. The, the week of Halloween, Eagle Hour continues.
0: We're commercial.
1: The Eagle Hour.
2: Southern Miss to the top.
0: Good times with Jay Walker from the University of Louisiana. Southern Miss will take on the Raging Cajuns in the Rock on Thursday night, October 27th. If you missed any of... um, of the Eagle Hour today, we talked uh, with Scott Watkins of the Sun Herald about a uh, just kind of an overview of the Sun Belt in the second segment. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or of course, find the Eagle Hour in a variety of uh, podcast platforms Apple, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, hey, guys, I wanted to go back and, and, you know, we were talking to Jay Walker. Um, all Louisiana lost last year, lost their first game in Austin to the Texas Longhorns, 38-18. to Then they went 13-0 and after that. And 13-1 is a great, you know, um, great record, of course. But, you know, the nail biters, they, they beat Nichols State the next week by three points, beat Georgia Southern by eight, beat South Alabama by two, beat Arkansas state by 1, Georgia state by 4 and uh, and then beat App State in the Sunbelt Championship by 8. So, you know, as great as as a as a Season as they had, it was more resilience, the ability to close out games than them just, you know, blowing people out. And so I say all that to say kind of goes back to what Scott said. You know, I I think they are the favorite coming in, but certainly can be beaten down the stretch.
2: Well, they can be beaten. But I go back to what Reggie Collier said to me one time. He said the toughest teams, and he, remember, he played Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, all the big schools. The toughest teams he ever played against were the Louisiana schools, Tulane, McNeese State. Lafayette.
1: These are the same people that star in shows like Swamp People and they're Alligator tough Taggers. People, <laughs> man, they're <laughs> yeah.
2: tough people. Did yeah. you watch that LSU baseball team that was here?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, Luke, you—I know you're going to break down the the schedule for the Cajuns here in a minute, but. When you look forward to that October 27th game, a nationally televised game, really isn't going to be any other dance in town on national TV as far as college football goes. Here in Hattiesburg, Lafayette is not like it's a full-day drive. Right, It's just not that far away. So you're going to have a lot of Cajun folks here. Southern Miss will get a chance to, to put on its best suit and not have a hair out of place as far as you know, getting the stadium ready and the city ready. It's going to be raucous. Uh, I, that's that's just going to be so much fun when the Cajuns come in here. And if they are in first place and the Eagles have a chance to make a name for themselves by thumping them on national TV, that would make it even better.
2: Like the werewolf at Trader Vic's? Yes. <laughs> it's just perfect.
1: perfect. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They,
0: you know, this it's an interesting schedule. They're going to start out pretty good. Their first three games, southeastern Louisiana, eastern Michigan, and Rice. Um, so, you know, they'll they'll probably be 3-0. and They get Monroe. Uh, to start conference plays. So that's 4-0. and Then I think really the telling game for them, October 1st, they scheduled South Alabama for homecoming. That is going to, I think, show you what they're going to be like. They could be possibly 4-0 and there. Then they got to go to Marshall, uh, host Arkansas State, and then they come to Hattiesburg. Their last four, here you go, Troy, At home, Georgia Southern at home. Then they go to Tallahassee. Of course, uh, you know, they probably could (laughs) Jacksonville State beat Florida State last year. Louisiana could probably do that. And then they end with Texas State. They got a, I think part of the reason maybe they're ranked so high, not only they, they won it last year, but I mean, that's a favorable schedule. They got some of their more difficult games, um, at home, but yeah, scheduling South Alabama for homecoming. That, that's pretty fun. Well, out
2: of curiosity, do we know who we
0: scheduled for homecoming? Pretty sure. Let me look. I'll tell you in just a second.
1: Luke has all all the. He's always got that tablet.
0: If yeah. only I had a device with which I could look it up. I'm not like Killian. I can't just pull. You all don't these have a device
2: up. with you, Luke? What's the matter? I do with have a you? device. Oh, okay. That's
0: it's not on the website. I don't, I don't believe that. To be honest, guys, it's not. I on the I don't think schedule. I've seen anything that they've announced. Yeah, it's it's not on the Southern Miss schedule, at Southern Miss. Uh,
2: just look down that schedule though. What would logic tell you it would be? You have the schedule, we
1: don't have one in front of us here.
0: See what logic tells me it's going to be Arkansas State on October 15th.
1: That would that, that would be a good one. Yeah, I would I think that would help. Or se-
0: September 17th against Northwestern State. We'll win that one. But uh I they're not going to do it. I mean, you could go Georgia State November 5th. But the third home game would be Arkansas State. The fourth is Louisiana on Thursday. I'm that's predicting out. Arkansas State.
1: Yeah, because yeah. because that early in September, it's just too early to really still kind of be in the groove of things. In November, it's too late. Pretty much October is your you know is in the wheelhouse for homecoming. Uh, but yeah, you look at you look at that schedule, and that's that's not a uh, that's not a schedule that's that you would put up there if there was a RPI of college football. That wouldn't be among the toughest schedules out there. So that bodes well for the Cajuns, I think. You know, there's no Miamis on there. If you want to consider Florida State, you know, up there with Miami, like Southern Miss is is playing Miami. But um, that's not a schedule that the Cajuns can't handle, I don't think.
2: All right, tomorrow on the show we're going to talk about South Alabama football. We're going to have J.D. Byers, the voice of the uh, Jaguars, on the show. Also, Chris Vananini, he's a senior writer for The Athletic, and that is a website that uh, covers the Sunbelt uh, Football Conference. Got great shows for you all week. Uh, Patrick McGee, will uh, he will be with us Thursday. Also, Brant Freeman, the voice of the Texas State Bobcats, with us Thursday. Joy Lee McNellis joins us Friday, along with Kelman. So, the magnificent, two magnificent guests on Friday is the one way you could put that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go to practice too. I think Thursday the morning. Bomb. I'm going to get some sound from the guys. Right,
2: we have please, a couple of linebackers waiting on you, Kelly. <laughs> to please don't. Up.
1: Yeah, please
0: don't distract. <laughs> please let them have practice.
2: All right, back tomorrow at one o'clock. Till then, Southern Miss to the
1: top. To the top
4: a Supertalk
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.